Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen and Holiday Season here on this ridiculous show that we like to do on Wednesdays. We actually have what can be considered an entirely festive movie this week, Janine. Not like last week's. Not like last week's that started the series of supposedly holiday movies (laughs) Morgan hasn't seen. As good as Kiss Kiss Bang may, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang may have been. It was just set at Christmas. It it really had Yes, Christmas was a backdrop to the events of our story last week. But Christmas takes front and center in this one. It certainly does. This is entirely a Christmas movie. This could not be more of a Christmas movie. A a couple going to a family home for the holiday period and tensions and problems ensue because of people behaving terribly towards one another. That happens at Christmas, doesn't it? That happens in many people's Christmases all over the world is you will you will bring your significant other um perhaps for the first time like we see in this movie although there's some lying going on in this movie yes. and i say some lying and when i say some lying i actually mean a frightening amount of lying going on in yeah. this movie but it happens all across the world people bringing their significant others to their families for their first christmas and them not particularly getting on or there being some sort of facade at play or something of that nature that um that we are dealing with in this movie this is this is a movie from 2020 what a horrible year we don't like to remember that do we i know it wasn't that <laughs> long ago but we don't like we don't like thinking about that anymore um but it was from 2020 it's happiest season which is notable. It was a notable movie for, I think, being one of the biggest um, kind of LGBT. Yes. Holidays of yes. Its time. A, a, a movie centered around LGBTQ people, um, a Christmas movie set, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think there were a lot of that, if any, that I could even think of. So, well, so, so certainly not to the level. Yes. Of, of this, if there was, it was certainly the first that I had heard of. And it, yes, okay, it's taken me three years to watch this movie, but I do remember there being plenty of discussion around this movie at yes. the time it came out. Uh, m- most of it, you know, leaning towards it being a good movie, uh, an enjoyable movie, uh, a, you know, well worth its place in the um, in the realm of romantic home christmas movies as uh, you know uh, uh, as it is but a, a movie that i i think has plenty of frustration that comes along with it and this is not even the movie's fault this is simply these characters or yes some of these yes characters, and this how is a deeply movie. deeply annoying they are yes this is a movie that I jokingly say I hate watch every Christmas, hoping that the ending will turn out differently. It's very much in the vein of a Meet the Parents, if you've seen Dan in real life, if you've seen the movie that we'll be talking about next week, uh, The Family Stone, 
where somebody comes home, somebody is bringing someone home to a family dynamic, and the family essentially just kind of dog piles on this character, whether it be the, the you know, black sheep child coming home, or it be the person the partner that they are bringing home yeah. to meet the family for the first time um where their ideologies and, and culture just does not mix um and there's plenty of there's plenty of those kind of movies and there's plenty of those kind of Christmas exactly movies. so there are plenty hetero examples of that so to see this now done with you know lgbtq people and this film also being made by lgbtq people with you know clay yes. directing and Kristen stewart even aubrey plaza i believe you know identifies under that banner um yeah. Dan Dan Levy, uh victor garber he's also gay so mm-hmm. um yes to have that many people involved that you know you know are inherently connected to this way of life um i think is important and 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 uh uh really needs to be celebrated for that aspect but uh we do have some frustrating elements with our character where i feel like um you know our character who is kind of causing all of the issues could be very empathetic um, in terms of how they chose to handle the situation because they are in a very difficult situation. But, you know, the way they do handle it, in fact, you know, kind of strips away a lot of the empathy we could have for them, which is where the frustration comes in for me. And so in picking this film, I wanted to see if that frustration would come in for you. So I wanted to pick this film as it, I felt like it was very important to highlight a film, um, you know, of this level with, you know, LGBTQIA people. Um, yes. A film I do enjoy a lot of aspects of, I do enjoy the cast of, but, you know, character actions very much bring that frustration. So I was definitely wanted to see if I was alone in feeling that way. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's... <laughs> That is a it's a noble reason as to why you picked this movie for uh, this series of Morgan hasn't seen. I, I I will start my thoughts on this movie by saying I, I do not disagree with you. There is one central character to this movie who isn't our who is our second lead, not our actual lead, not our kind of POV character yeah. that we are dealing with in the movie. But uh, who is Christian Stewart? Um, but the character of Harper is Mackenzie Davis, who is Christian Stewart's partner, is is at times deeply frustrating and like. But but like you said, though, at times there is an empathy you do have for her situation, and certainly the whole scenario of the movie which is a obviously a, a, a gay couple going home to one of their parents' houses, not one of their parents' houses. Is that how you phrase that? Going, going home one to of Harper's, them. yes. A gay couple, Harper and Abby. Harper takes Abby home to her family's for Christmas. But the caveat there is that... Uh, unbeknownst to abby harper has yet to tell her family that she is out or that abby is her girlfriend so it becomes a case of now abby having to do this favor for harper in hiding that she's gay in hiding that they are a couple 
So yes, th- th- just... thank you for more <laughs> eloquently stating the plot of this yeah, movie that I, I try, possibly try. could have done. <laughs> um, yeah, that that scenario of that very almost awkward situation, yeah, which the movie immediately finds itself in because ten minutes in, we get that revelation that Harper has not come out to her parents, and Abby is you know, being passed off as the roommate. It makes you think about those historical documents and things like that, or or, or paintings and things when historians say like, oh, I wonder if these two um, ancient Greek people uh, were were just friends. I wonder why this man... Yes, you know, they they lived for... ...with this other man. Perhaps they were best buddies. No! You yeah. idiot. <laughs> they lived together for years and people just, you know, told people they were colleagues and friends. But you know. Right? It's <laughs> yeah. that kind of stupid nonsense. It reminds me a little bit of that. Um, now, so immediately, 10 minutes in, when this is revealed, I'm thinking, well, okay, Harper. Obviously, this is a difficult thing for any, uh, you know, LGBT plus person to do um yeah. is, is come out obviously we are speaking as as, as not that yeah. so we don't have first hand experience but of course this is something that is incredibly difficult to do and i suppose for and, and i suppose very individualistic as well because for for some it is easier than for others, and I think in this movie takes a little bit of time to actually explore the fact that yes. for some people, Dan it Levy, is much easier for yeah. others. Uh, Dan Levy does have a whole kind of speech that he gives Abby that it was easier for some people to come out to their families than it is for others. You know, he asked Abby about her experience before because her whole thing is her parents died, so she's not a huge fan of Christmas. Um, but he asked her, When you came out to your parents, how did they react? And she said, that, You know, they were accepting they were okay with it and he's like i and i wish that was all of our stories but then dan levy kind of reveals that his story wasn't so so um you know easy it wasn't as easy as hers so it's different for everyone so yeah i do like that bit of conversation exploration that comes out of that um and definitely something that could get you to sympathize with harper's character because you know as we can imagine that must be a very scary difficult situation especially upon meeting her family um and how you know how much they put stock in in kind of superficial things with their children as opposed to uh, real kind of more emotional, heartfelt things. Um, you know, I, I can understand where Harper would feel that fear. Um, but the fact that she ends up kind of projecting that on Abby, um, you know, is, is really kind of hard to watch and hurtful to watch. So, um, but Clea Duvall, the director, and I think she co-wrote, I think the other writer of this film, it was the actress who plays Jane. Um, this oh, know, okay. kind of weird sister. Um, and that's, so that's not Clea- very nice to Jane. <laughs> Jane might be the weird sister, but she loves herself at least. Yes. So Jane is a great character, but, um, Clea Duvall, apparently, um, as you let me know when I kind of looked in, into some of the the kind of info about this movie as well, was her 
uh, writing kind of about her own experience because she wanted to see it play out for herself, like for her own kind of cathartic kind of memory, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that, uh, you know, the equivalent in this movie to her personal experience is simply the difficulty of coming out to her family. I'm not, too, I'm not sure whether there's any truth to the actual central romance of yes, this movie. Yes, or the situation mm. playing out exactly like this. Yeah, in Clea Duvall's life, because God, I hope there's not, because she would she, she would literally be writing and directing the movie where she comes across, or per, where she personally comes across as literally the worst kind of person possible. Not the worst kind of person possible in a relationship, but not a great look. It's really, really not a great look um, that, you know, is is put upon Mackenzie Davis's character in yeah. this movie, really. Yeah. And it's where it, it takes me a little bit of time, I think, to properly um, conclude my own thoughts towards Happiest Season. Because I think, ultimately, the movie's intention is clearly to show how difficult it is for some people to come out. And we shouldn't judge people based on, you know, the, them perhaps not doing that when we, when we believe and feel that, really, I think the better thing to do is do that. You don't know that individual's personal situation you don't know that individual's familial situation you haven't got a clue so you can't be too harsh on in this movie's case harper for not doing that yet at times it's clear to me that that's the message of the movie yet at times it feels like it's almost contradicting itself the the movie is with just how horrible harper becomes at the end of the movie or, or not the very end well of the yes movie. i mean i think what Three takes quarters of the way through the movie yes yes and i think what what kind of pulls some of that empathy away because yes you could have empathy for harper in the fact that she is very afraid to reveal this to her family because of who her family is because of the pressures they've put on her in her life and and this transactional love that her family has in terms of how perfect you are um all yeah. of that you can empathize with you can you can relate to you can feel for her in those aspects and understand her stance but i think what ultimately puts a chink in that what ultimately um kind of tarnishes that thought process is the fact that she deceived abby to get her to come you know because they originally uh, did not have these plans to to spend christmas together harper was gonna go see her family abby was gonna stay home and and pets it for friends especially because she's not someone who really loves christmas like that so because they she suffered a, a tragedy at christmas a personal tragedy at yes. christmas you are exactly right so i the think fact from that... the very beginning of the movie it, it almost it, it wants to have the the message that i kind of i, I think it does want to have Yet even at the very beginning of the movie, you are entirely correct. It plants that small seed somewhere that stays in your head of all of it's just a it, 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 
none of it needs to happen. None of this movie exactly. needs to happen. Harper puts these puts her in this position. She puts herself in this position and she puts Abby in this position to to treat her unwell, to, you know, stress herself out. Um, Harper brings this all upon herself because we see, you know, in the opening credits, we see through this animation kind of how they met and the trajectory of their relationship through the month. So it, it's seeming like they met at the beginning of the year and now this is like their first Christmas together. Um, yeah. Uh, Harper loves Christmas. Abby, not a fan of Christmas because of, you know, losing her parents and all of that. Um, so no plans to spend Christmas together, but they're out. This is like their night before that at Harper's going to go off to be with her family. And Harper just gets wrapped up in their evening of, of running around town and celebrating Christmas that she just asks Abby to come with her. She wants to wake up next to her Christmas morning. She loves her so much. Um, and so despite Abby not really wanting to come, Harper convinces her because of this big grand speech that she gives her. The next morning, Harper realizes what she's done, what's what the situation's going to be, and now she's trying to talk Abby out of wanting to come after convincing her to want to come. So already right yeah. there is just like it's not winning Harper any any favors with with the audience. No, it's almost as though Harper goes through the entire movie trying to retro retroactively fix things or fix issues she has created the day yeah. before. Yeah. And, and she just keeps doing that as the days pass throughout the movie. And it becomes, you know, it, it almost goes up in levels of seriousness. Yeah. Um, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse right up until the end where it's a total breakdown of that relationship based on an argument and she's still refusing to acknowledge who Christian Stewart is to her, who Abby is to her. And it, it's horrible at that point. At the beginning, it was a, a relationship dynamic that I seemed to be quite enjoying. I kind of, I, I, I am into the dynamic in relationships in general of one particularly uh, kind of bubbly, boisterous person and one Christian Stewart who is just quiet and sat there and just like... Hey, A little yeah, sarcastic and subdued, but she's enjoying it because because Harper's enjoying it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a proper opposite you know two uh, opposite, yeah, opposite relationships attract kind of thing yeah and i love that kind of stuff yeah in real life and in in fiction <laughs> in movies and tv i i really enjoy that kind of stuff and i think christian stewart in this movie is great she is the one that we are totally behind she is the one who i feel so sorry for and just my 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 pity for Christian Stewart, and it's not a kind of it's not a pity in a pathetic sense. It's a it's a sympathy, I suppose, more than a pity. Sympathy is a more appropriate word. Um, my sympathy for Christian Stewart just grows more and more to the yeah. point you like Dan Levy is the audience character in the movie who pops up every now and again whether it's over the phone he even he's a friend of abby's from 
where they actually live. Yeah. Um, he's the one who's covering for her, doing the pet sitting while she's actually gone with Harper to to Harper's family. Um, although he kills some fish, but he never <laughs> yes. to admit the fact that he killed some fish. Yes, and I love that. That's just kind of this side casual thing. Like you know, he he's killed the fish. We he's on the phone with her, just having conversation, counseling her while he's fishing the fish out of the tank and flushing it down the toilet. Um, he's asking casually if I wanted a fish that looked exactly like the fish that I'm supposed to be watching, where would I find it? Um, and later on a phone call, he's actually in the pet shop getting another fish, you know, yeah. so just having um, this casual show don't tell kind of background comedy happening. I think it was a, a yeah. nice touch for a holiday comedy. <laughs> But uh, yes, it was absolutely, and he's great in Dan the movie. Great, Dan yeah. Levy, Dan Levy, to be honest, is someone that has grown on me an awful lot um, from when I first saw him in early Shit's Creek. Yeah, um, he he has really grown on me. Um, I I didn't love him to be honest when I first saw him. Um, I I wasn't as affectionate towards him as I think you know an awful lot of other people seem to really grasp onto him very very quickly yeah and I think it took me it took me a little while to understand the charm of Dan Levy but I really do I really do quite like him now um but he is he is our audience perspective in the movie because he is that guidance counselor essentially for Abby or he, he is that friend who is a shoulder to cry on, a an ear to talk to, um, uh, not a therapist, you know, he's not exactly that, but he is there constantly with advice, even though he is himself a not, not an altogether put-together person. Yes, I mean, he, he literally, when Abby talks to him about kind of taking over the pet sitting for her, he is admitting that he's tracking a man who he left in his apartment. Um, and, you know, later that day, he goes with Abby to a jewelry store where she's picking out a ring because on Christmas she actually wants to propose to Harper. And he's yeah, telling her, you know, and he's very much talking down the, you know, ideas of marriage and how, you know, it's it's an archaic kind of uh, ritual and all of these types of things. So definitely not an unbiased, um, uninvested party like a therapist would be, but very much no. giving his honest, sheer opinions about about um, situations that, that Abby finds herself in. So, yes, which which any good friend should. I think I think we yes. can put Dan Levy in this movie into a, a, a top of the tier list of great Christmas rom-com friends. Yes. And, you know, the the funny thing being the gay best friend character in a movie that's about all, all gay people, essentially. You know? Right. It, so... it's, it's the same thing, but it's not really the same thing. Yes. Um, and it also, when you, when you realize that Abby is planning on to propose and she even wants to be formal about it and ask Harper's father for her hand and all of this, um, it makes it even harder to see what Abby goes through, considering this is where her head's at when it comes to Harper. 
um, yeah. when you find out that she wants to propose. So how I mean this even goes down is, you know, like I said, she she convinces Abby to come with her. Abby's now excited and invested. Harper realizes what she's done and she tries to get Harper to not come and say, oh, you know, you don't have to come if you don't want to. But Abby's all into it now. So then halfway there on the drive, she admits, oh, by the way, I never came out to my parents like I told you I did. So she already had lied to to Abby. I mean, even if she has a hard time coming out to her parents, I think if she had felt that kind of comfort with Abby, she could have at least been honest with Abby that, no, yeah, I have you... not told my parents. So the fact yes. that now she's telling her, oh, yeah, I lied to you months ago when I said I came out to my parents. So they don't know that you're my girlfriend. Also, even if we're not b girlfriends, I don't want my parents to know that you're gay. So that's just an added kind of stress and frustration that gets put on poor it's Abby. Just, it's just the worst timing of Harper to reveal this possible. And th there was no good timing to reveal this apart from before the events of the movie happened. Yes, or even so, before they got in the car and were almost there. This is when she tells her she pulls the car over the side of the road and says, oh, by the way, all of this. And then convinces her it's only five days. You know, throughout the course of that time, my family will get to know you. It'll be easier for me to tell them. Please just do this for me. We'll get through this together. And this is how she convinces Abby that it will all be okay. And this is when Christian Stewart's at her clearly happiest in the entire movie and she's really up she's really up for it she's really up for this trip like, i'm good she's, with parents yeah she, yeah she's saying she's good with parents she's ready to turn a new leaf on christmas which yeah. is not easy for her given what happened to her at christmas that we are constantly told yeah. in the movie um the fact she's ready to do this, the fact that she's gone and got an engagement ring, the fact she feels comfortable enough to propose or to, to you know, ask for permission to propose or whatever it may be. She's excited and it takes a lot for Kristen Stewart to be noticeably excited anyway, because yeah. she's the she she's perfect for this kind of role of downbeat and vulnerable. She's yeah. always been great at doing that. If you want anybody yeah. to do that, Christian Stewart's the best person you, you, you yes. get to do something like that. Yeah. So the fact that 90% of this movie, she's just kind of milling around in the half background of situations, not really belonging there, feeling out of place, trying, like she has, trying to, to, to be pleasant, trying to get involved but really not feeling like she can be herself being told to hide her true self by her loving partner yeah christian Stewart's perfect for this because she plays that hidden reserve quality reserved quality so so well and you feel so sorry for her from the first minute she arrives at the house, you feel so sorry for her. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And there's glimpses of potential 
you know, niceness that goes on. There's some sneaking around in the middle of the night. There's some sneaking off to the bathroom to have a nice kiss at dinner. Yeah. Uh, and all this kind of stuff. But this is, this, these are, these are a tiny, tiny things in this horrible situation of a five-day Christmas period of having to pretend you're just not who you are. You, you're, you're somebody completely different that has been lumped on you and thrown on you ten minutes before you arrive there. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible, yes, horrible yes. situation. So, like, yeah, like you said, right from the time she gets there, they're already kind of trying to other her, separate her from the rest of the family. Because what is happening on top of everything else is uh, the father, Victor Garber, he is in the middle of, of wanting to run for some type of office. And they're trying to get the attention of this big donor. So they want to have yeah. this picture perfect look. They want to be the perfect family. Um, oh, it's all Harper, about keeping up appearances. It's heavy yes, keeping up appearances. Yes, yes. Harper is kind of their favorite. She's doing great things in her field of like journalism type stuff. Um, uh Alison Brie, her character, was the daughter who was like a lawyer and doing great things. And then she settled down, got married, had kids. And now her and her husband make like designer gift baskets. And so that is kind of a disappointment to him. And then Jane is just kind of a little bit weird and quirky. So then he just asks her to fix the Wi-Fi and, and the printer and, and the water heater, <laughs> like running around fixing things around the house because he doesn't see any value in, in Jane herself. So... Well, this here's is the family the dynamic movie... that we're working with. Yes, and here's one thing the movie does in the end really do well, is actually make the parents realise just how terrible they've been in terms of their children believing they have to compete and fight for their love. Yeah. Which is, is horrible. If you're parenting your children like that, I'm sorry. I am personally going to slap you across the face like Sidney Poitier did to that one man in, in, the, heat of <laughs> in the, night. the heat of the night. Because yes. that, what are you doing? Yes. Why? Yes. Um, Mary is just the wrong. Mom, and she's very much like, oh my gosh, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be just so. We need to do this and that. Very kind of judgmental. And, uh, you know, are, are, are you wearing uh, enough? Uh, makeup and kind of that kind of attitude um and very indifferent to Kristen Stewart being there as well so no one is incredibly welcoming to her upon arrival um she apart from Jane Jane who is super nice super excited that she's there you know and and the setup that Harper has also given to Abby is the fact that um I've invited her because she's an orphan. She's lost. She lost her parents at Christmas. She's fallen on hard times kind of mentality. So then there's this pity layer that's come with, with, with Abby being there. Um, so people will make commentary about, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I think there's one point where her mom asks her if she grew up in an orphanage. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really and horrible. Oh, no. It, what it actually is that is when Mary Steenburgen is showing Christine, Kristen Stewart the bedroom where she's going to be staying in, and she says something, paraphrasing, 
well, at least this is better than the orphanage you, you grew up in. I didn't she's grow like, up in an orphanage. Yeah, she's like, I was like 17 when my parents died. So, yeah, I didn't really grow up in an orphanage. So, yeah, just this kind of pity that now on top of everything else is, is added to the treatment that she's getting in this film. Um, and so then there are several situations where Harper kind of leaves her on her own, has to run off and do family things. So they're going to this big party where this donor um, for the campaign is going to be. Um, and Harper is being kind of whisked around the room with her father to to show off, you know, his golden child. And so Abby's kind of left on her own. Um the night before this, though, that first night they get into town, they all go to a big family dinner um, where the mom, uh, you know, casually invited Harper's ex-boyfriend, Connor, um, out of this kind of idea to, to get the two of them back together. And so they're telling stories of when her and Connor were little and they gave each other chicken pox and family trips that Connor would come on. And so Abby kind of has to sit there the whole time and listen to this. And, and it's just very awkward for her. Uh... I'd like to point out as well, during this dinner, Christian Stewart sat on a chair that's smaller or, than everybody yes, else's. Because they didn't, you know, they had to kind of last minute include her onto the reservation. So, yeah, she's on a tiny little chair, very much, again, othering her from this group. Uh, well, it, it, it just reminded me of... of large family Christmas days um, where you have, you know, say there's like 20 people, 25 people or whatever, and you get your entire family, extended family, cousins, you know, all this kind of stuff in. And you, you obviously, whatever house you've gone to, we used to do it. Uh, you don't have all the same size chairs. Well, yes, or even so, you think so of something like chairs, you just get the random chairs out, and people are slightly higher than others. Yes, and people are slightly lower or, than others, and it's weird. Or think like the Peanuts Thanksgiving, where poor Franklin is in a beach chair on one side of the table yes. all by himself. <laughs> yes, exactly like yes. that. It, it's yes. it's nonsense, but very it, much it, other like poor Franklin. Um, it's a good Christmas <laughs> image. Um, I. You find it all, always with the small town mentality as well of, oh, look, it's the old random high school boyfriend. Let's bring him back into the picture. Because yes, he I, I don't know how it didn't town. work out. Yeah, between the two of you He crazy was perfect. Kids. Yes. So then, this... no, we've moved on from that. Yes. now. It, it's 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 fifteen years later. We we we, we yes. don't want that anymore. Yes. So then, these awkward stories prompt Harper to take Abby with her to the restroom, and they have like a little flirtatious moment. Like it's so hard sitting across from the the table from you, not wanting to kiss you, not being able to kiss you, and they share a kiss. And Which as, on the surface is very upon, nice. Yes. Isn't it? And upon so you're thinking, okay, maybe they'll get through this. So upon exiting the bathroom, they run into Aubrey Plaza who, yes. to Abby's knowledge, was an ex-girlfriend of Harper. So then it's kind of this awkward kind of like, oh, hi, nice to see you again kind of thing. And then they pass and then um, they acknowledge it as an awkward moment because Abby is aware of her because, you know, Harper just mentioned, oh, she was my ex-girlfriend in high school. Speaking of Aubrey Plaza, I'd just like to, I'd just like to point out that this movie stars two people I'm very, very fond of um, in terms of, you know, 
personality and, and yes. peak personality and things like that. One of them being Aubrey Plaza, the other being Alice and Brie. And I just really, I really like how this movie made me the, remain in love with Aubrey Plaza and just everything she's about. Yes, because she because comes across she, as such a positive character. Yes, and she she makes me want this movie to have a different ending every time. So I think uh, hence, yes, very hence much. That's why so, I very watch much. it, just imagining that it'll just magically change to a different ending. Um, but we will be we will be <laughs> hashtag Team Aubrey. Yes, throughout the the course of this episode. Um. So then you even hear it from the parents now with this point where um, the the mother, she acknowledges that um, Aubrey Plaza's family is there. Like, oh, did you see the whatever their name is? And she's like, oh, yeah, we just ran into her on our way to the bathroom. And she's like, oh, yes. You know, she's, you know, pre-med or something because she's like a doctor and, and, you know, talking about all her great accolades as a medical professional but then you know ending it with oh but her choosing to live that lifestyle oh shameful oh, or yes. something like uh, that the, the, the lifestyle choice the well-known lifestyle choice of yeah gay. so yeah. then you know so it's just a, mm. a a ping to remind us that oh yes um her family you know we we could speculate on their unacceptance of that lifestyle choice um, but we were now we're actually like confirming it for for the audience. Yeah, and and I think I think we need that to yeah. be honest with you. I think we need that to to actually believe that Harper, Harper has a genuine fear. Telling, yeah. yeah, has a genuine fear. Was telling the truth about her own apprehension to come out to her parents. So at least there's that. Yes, because there are a lot of cases. Even though that's at least in a negative sense. Yes, because I mean, there are a lot of cases where, you know, people have that fear of coming out. And then when they do come out, the family's like, yeah, I've kind of known all along, or I, you know, yes, I don't care. You know, so that fear was there. But when they do come out, it's, you know, ultimately not as bad as they expected. So, you know, it could have been a case like that. So I think they did, in fact, need to like just put that confirmation on the fact that harper is validated in in her concerns in coming out yeah. to her family my 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 favorite coming in comings out in any um any any fictional sense is because uh, i've never i've never experienced well, i have actually somebody came not came out first time to me or anything like that but told me that's not the point um my favorite type of of fictional coming out is always when they say oh you know mom dad i've got something to tell you you know uh, I'm, I'm gay or whatever and the parents both then immediately just go you don't say <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god andrew it's so obvious, you know. Yes, we've kind of known your whole life. And, you idiot. You know, we just waited for you to, you know, feel comfortable to share that with us. So yeah, that's I mean, not, there are a lot of favorite one. Yes, you know, there there have been situations on film, and I'm sure in life, depicting somebody having that genuine fear and then realizing that their parents really 
knew all along or don't really care at all. So yes, I think there definitely needed to be that hard distinguishing. Yes, in fact, your parents would have something to say about it or do feel some type of way about being gay. So yeah, yeah, we did need that. We did need that. Yeah. But going going to Alice and Bree, the second of two people I really am very fond of in this movie. I really don't like what they did with Alison Brie in this movie. And I mean, it was supposed to happen in this movie. It was not the movie's fault um, or the writing's fault. It's just what happens in the movie. But I don't like not liking Alison Brie. And Alison Brie came across as mostly very stuck up in this movie. She was oh, supposed yes. to be. That was her character. But I don't like not liking yes. Alison Brie. Yes. So they do set up the competitive nature between Alison Brie and uh, Mackenzie Davis, uh, these two sisters. And, um, you know, there's a very kind of comical scene where they're at the ice skating rink and they're trying to, like, race each other. Um, and I love that. that. They're I've like, Jane. The past. They're like, Jane. <laughs> of course. I have. Brothers will be brothers. But, um... Uh, of course. So then, um, she they asked Jane, the sister, the weird sister, to time them, and so then they start racing, and they're asking Jane what the time is, and then Jane's like, "Oh, I forgot to set, set the timer. Should I tell them?" And Allison Bree's husband's like, "No, don't tell them. <laughs> just just <laughs> pretend tell like, them." Yes. So very much, I think, like an understanding um, from the family this rivalry, but even just in the morning. Alison Brie's making these like snowman pancakes for her kids. And just in the conversation that they're having, it's very tense. It's very harsh. It's very competitive and just them kind of going back and forth. And when, um, and when Harper sits down and Abby kind of acknowledges like, Oh, kind of intense between you and your sister, huh? Like Harper's not even aware of it. She's like, what are you talking about? So, like, that's just their dynamic, that Harper doesn't even notice that there's something strange or, like, a little over the top about it. Um, so that really, it's really. natural. Really, the, the, the family is the villain of the movie. Or the parents. The parents they might come across as all, like, oh, we're harmless, we're, we're nice, we just want to be the best for everybody but no you've actually psychologically damaged your entire family yes so, which i mean they do come to a realization about that and they do them. yes uh, yes yes but particularly mary steenberg and i just wanted to you know mary steenberg and yeah what yes, are you doing you horrible mother <laughs> yes yes very much you know very dismissive i think she's like the most dismissive of poor jane um you know jane wants to I help you this jane. but i don't trust her uh you know i i don't trust jane to do this what are you talking about jane jane you're doing too much like you know just kind of diminishing jane a little bit um very very annoying very yes like this, this is a movie full of frustration and frustrating characters but I think its success is that it gets you so invested in them. And yeah. it gets you so emotional about them. Yeah. This movie is doing exactly what it wants to do. Exactly what it set out to do. Exactly what it should do. Yes. And I think it's a great movie for doing that. I can totally understand why you say, you know, you quote unquote hate watch this movie every Christmas. Because... It's a good movie. It's just an annoying movie. <laughs> yes. 
very much like the other movies that I I named Dan in real life and and the one we'll talk about next week, the Family Stone and Meet the Parents. And meet, and meet um, the yeah, parents. like horrible movie. inherently, not, oh, inherently okay. good movies, great casts, great comedy setups and dynamics, but very just hard to watch, frustrating to watch how people treat people, especially people who are really trying. You know, um, yeah, and, and those things are really hard to watch. Seeing somebody really try to 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 fit in try to accommodate trying their best and no one understanding them no one having any kind of patience with you know their efforts and things like that it's just it, that's what makes it horrible and frustrating not the movie in itself being a horrible no. movie um and look it's it's not on the level of meet the parents it's not even it's not nearly that level because that is just the the unluckiest movie ever. There's nothing yes. unlucky about Happiest Season. Christian no, Stewart, Harper's literally it, causing all of these things. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Stewart is is doing nothing to you know help or hinder her own image in the eyes of her partner's family. It is all, all Mackenzie Davis. Yes, and it's, it's all the family. And it's all the family. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not Meet the Parents where literally yes. it is Ben Stiller getting into just every possible worst opportunity he can find himself in. Yes, he's definitely a victim of circumstance in that film. Um, but Harper is creating the circumstances here. So, you know, after this really awkward dinner, she promises the next day will be better. She witnesses this very competitive day between her and uh, Alison Brie Sloan, her sister, um, they ultimately go to this dinner. Like I mentioned, um, uh, Harper is, is, leaves her, leaves Abby alone as she's going around the room with her father. Um, then Abby also meets a bunch of Harper's old friends and Connor and yes. sees this big rapport and, and this dynamic between them. And when Harper gets pulled away again, Abby's just kind of there with her friends. They're not really talking to her. She takes a call from John, Dan Levy's character, and is kind of, you know, just venting to him about how weird it is. And she's not really, like, doesn't know what she's doing there. And she's kind of admitting, she tells him, because he doesn't know yet the situation that Harper never told her family and all of this. And Aubrey Plaza's character, Riley, is outside and she overhears. And so she kind of makes a comment to her, like, I can relate to what you're going through. Um, and, and so Abby doesn't really know fully what that means, um, but she kind of remembers that she said that. So just we get to another situation now where um, Harper's family has this big white elephant party every year where they invite people. You know, everyone buys a present, puts it under the tree. You just pick a random gift and that's what you get. And then you can trade with people, I think. And that's like how the white elephant thing works, I think. Um, terrible idea i hate it i never want to be a part of it if anybody ever wants me to be a part of anything like that i will frankly deny them horrible idea never should be done look at what happened in the office yes that was awful it's a terrible terrible idea nobody should ever be involved or suggest a white elephant especially especially at the last minute because it's like i think it was a situation where they all 
you know, they did Secret Santa and they all bought gifts for specific people, catered to those specific people. Yeah, and Secret they all, Santa's fine. And, and they all had a price limit. Then at the last minute, they just decided to make it White Elephant. and that Secret Santa is absolutely fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Secret Santa because yeah. it's set and it's all there and you get what you get and you know what you're doing. Yes. I don't like the free-for-all aspect of White Elephant. Yes. So all week long, we see Abby trying to figure out how to get a, a white elephant gift for this party. So there's a situation where she finds herself going to the mall with Sloane and her two kids, who are also just very I don't like weird. The children. And, yes, and just kind of rude and staring. And they're already, you know, looking at Abby sideways because she's sleeping in the room that they always get to sleep in when they come visit. They're um, creepy though. I know they're like twins, but they're creepy. They should be they they there and shining. <laughs> yes. So um, Sloane ends up taking Abby with her to the mall and the two kids. Sloane asks Abby to watch her kids for her. So she's with them in the store and she's like, hey, well, guys, help me pick something out for this white elephant party. And they decide to sneak some something into Abby's purse from the store. Because so, they're horrible children. Yes. So as Abby's walking out, it looks like she stole something. Mall security gets involved. And now the whole family thinks she's like this orphan thief. And are looking at her crazy. And they were supposed to have this big dinner with the donor tonight. And now Abby has been uninvited to the dinner because it will look bad to the donor. Because um, one of the other people involved in this whole situation, like with the donors and, and people he, that the family's trying to impress, was also there at the mall and saw all of this happen. Even yeah. I think Abby had remembered meeting her, went to try to like talk to her and like yeah. you know, he didn't really even remember her and it was awkward. So they choose to uninvite Abby to the dinner. So now Abby's stuck like spending her night by herself. Abby has now been put in prison by the family and also the ridiculously overzealous mall security. Oh yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Why are they so intense? Why can't I've had that happen to me, you know, where the little scanner at the at the front of the shop beeps on you, and then yeah. it, what you do in that situation is you just go, oh, there's something in the back. Okay, go to the person who's literally stood there at the front, the security person, and you say, what have I got in here? Yeah, there's there's your receipt. Why is it a whole big? Get yes. your guns so, out, get on the floor situation. Yes. I don't like you know, this. have you in a spotlight. So these two like mall cops really taking their jobs a little too seriously, interrogating her, you know, as kind of a bit of a, a comedy moment in the film. Um, definitely comedy, just... but it's terrifying. <laughs> I think it probably could happen knowing that the stupid country that is the US. Sorry, it uh, might. No, it I, might definitely, I definitely, I definitely could see that happening. Yes, so they very much are a little overzealous in terms of their their uh, uh, jurisdiction of of mall security. So uh, now Abby has kind of been shunned and embarrassed the family because of this, the, what the children did in sneaking this thing in her bag. Uh, so oh, now oh. She, she has to spend what the night locked alone. away in the bedroom. Yes. So the plan is so. So then I think. Um, Harper tries to sweeten the deal with her. Well, you know, my friends want to get together tonight. So I think it would be a good idea for us to get away from the family. So after this big family dinner, meet up. You can meet up with me and my friends and, and we'll have a night away from the family and just a fun night. So oh, never mind that. I want Kristen Stewart at this point to start, you know, 
have a bit of a have a I know you're Christian Stewart and I know you're 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 small and meek and reserved and that's you, Christian Stewart. That's what yeah. you are, that's what you're good at, that's what you, is what you do. But where's the where's the spine, Kristen? Where's the backbone? Where's a yes, bit of we'll shouting? We'll see. We'll see a little bit of that later. Oh, Not we, oh, we do. Yeah, say, but we don't. Um, we don't because get she's still. Shy, I think at she's this still. Point. She's still putting this trust in Harper. She still loves she her. Is, she's yes. still trying to empathize and sympathize with this situation. But I, at this point, am scrunching my hands yeah, up yes, and going, yeah. "What is? Just yeah. have a bit of shout. Explode a little bit, Kristen. Yes, Come on, you yeah. need it. It'll be healthy. It'll be good for you." And Just Harper needs to it. be set straight for how she's treating you yeah, and, and abandoning right. you. So this is a, the scene that definitely makes us, you know, team Aubrey Plaza is now oh, uh, yes. Abby's in town alone, getting dinner by herself because they're doing the family dinner. She's uninvited. So she's in town. She, she gets herself some food. She's walking around. She sees it's a wonderful life playing at the old classic, like little theater. And she Very runs nice, yes. into Riley and, um, you know, so her and Riley strike up a nice little conversation and they decide to go to a bar and get some drinks. She actually takes her to like a drag bar and yeah. um, they seem like to have a good time. And then uh, Abby brings up the comment that Riley had made the, the nights prior and said, you know, when you said you could relate to what I'm going through, what did you mean by that? And she kind of asked her, well, what did Harper tell you about me? She said, oh, all she told me was that you were her ex-girlfriend and that's it. And she's like, oh, well, there's a little bit more to it than that. So then uh, Abby, you know, inquires. She wants to know. And then we hear more to make us just dislike Harper even more. Yeah, um, because Harper's doing the exact same thing twice. Yes. So apparently Harper and Riley were best friends in school. They turned into a relationship. They kept it secret. So they would write like letters to each other. And then when one of Harper's friends found a letter that she had written to Riley, Riley put it, Harper put it all on Riley and said, oh, Riley's the one that's gay. I'm not gay. And then everyone proceeded to mock and make fun of Riley. Um, and Harper just kind of went along with it because she didn't want people horrible, to know. Yes. Which I mean, sure is something that does happen. Um, oh yes you know the fear will make you do those things so you know on on some degree and level you can sympathize with or understand why harper would do something like that but the fact that she's still living this life it is really well, what I mean. hurtful and harmful and when you're at school and you're a teenager yeah it can be forgiven that kind of thing but you're still yeah. doing it and you're 32 or however old you're supposed to be in the movie Yes, and the fact that she never had made peace with Riley after all of that either is kind of, you know, you know. So even if, and, and that wouldn't require her to tell anything to her parents or no, anything like that. Apologize. Yes. So the fact that she had, she has, this is a pattern now um, that she did this to Riley, you know, I think that puts some questions in Abby's head. And then they continue mm. to have like a bit of a cute night singing along with the drag queens. And it's really sweet until then um, Abby gets a text from Harper to go meet her at another bar uh, with her friends. So Abby goes, meets um, the friends and, and Harper at this other bar. Of course, Connor's there too, wanting to take shots. And uh, oh, Abby, I've had enough yes. of him. 
So Abby's not really having a ton of fun. She's kind of just sat there while they're all having their inside jokes. And so Abby's like, I think I'm going to go. And Harper's like, oh, no, are you sure? She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, do you want me to go? She's like, well, I kind of want to stay longer. And Abby's like, no, you can stay. And she's like, are you sure? And like kind of before Abby can really kind of, you know, answer. She's like, oh, oh thanks so much, you know, kind of thing. She, she walks off. She, she, yes. She's, she's like, okay, well, you know, let me know when you get home safe. Bye. And then kind of goes with her friends. And so it's like already Abby feeling after the day she's had, you know, being accused of being a thief, interrogated by these crazy security guards, eating dinner alone, finding out that, you know, this is now a pattern with Harper, that she her fear is so ingrained and inherent that she did this to somebody else. She lied about it too, about her situation with Riley. Um, so just all this compounding of things. And then for Harper to can then just kind of ditch her again, it's just, you know, a little too much. So she goes home, she's texting her that she got home, that she loves her. Hope you're okay. No response from Harper. Harper's out all night with the friends. And then it ends up being kind of her and Connor just talking all night then when her and Connor part, he kind of tells her he missed her and he like, he, you know, was there somebody else? And that's why they broke up. And then Harper lies to him as well and says, Oh no, there was nobody else. Um, you know, we just grew apart, you know, the long distance was too much for us. And, you know, again, just trying to hide herself. Um, she, she's kind of saying these things to, to Connor. Uh, so then she ends up, you know, Abby wakes up the next morning, sees her text, sees she didn't get a text from Harper that she's home until till like 2 a.m. So she just goes to her room, you know, wakes her up and says, hey, you know, just checking on you. You're Are you okay? And Harper immediately gets defensive and is like, why are you checking up on me? Why are you keeping tabs on me? You're suffocating me. And mm. Abby's confused. She's like, what is going on with you? Like, I I just didn't hear from you. And so I just wanted to make sure you were okay. I'm fine. Like, why are you, you know, suffocating me? I think we need some space. And like immediately just gets on the defense at Abby. And then it just like gets you even more heated. Cause you're like, really? After everything you've put Abby through, starting with this lie. And now you want to. Yeah you want to get upset with her for just checking on you and making sure you're okay? Like... <laughs> and this... That that dynamic remains throughout that day until it culminates on, on Christmas uh, at the At the Christmas morning. at the big white elephant party. Um, so... Immediately... Um, Abby goes back to her room and she's looking for like a ride chair to get out of there. But it's like so far out and it's like Christmas Eve or whatever that yeah. it's like a thousand dollars to, to get a ride. So she calls John and she's just telling him what happened. And she's like, she doesn't know what to do. And she's like, what would you do in the situation? And he's like, um, I'll have to think about that. And that's when we see he's like in the pet store buying a new fish. Um, and then he kind of hangs up on her because he just doesn't know what to say. So now she's just like, what do I do? So now it's the white elephant party or or no. So she goes. So right after she hangs up with John, she calls somebody, but we don't know who she calls. And it turns out she called Riley. So Riley um, and her go shopping for her white elephant gift. And, you know, they have this really nice rapport. And she gets a text while she's with Riley from Harper 
saying, hey, I'm sorry about this morning. Can we talk? I love you. Um, Abby writes back, yes, um, I love you Be too. We nice can talk. Yes. Nice. And as, as the message pings, she looks out the window and she sees Abby walking with Riley because she's in town too because the mom doesn't trust Jane with all of these tasks. So she needs Harper to supervise Jane. So Jane and Harper are in this wine store buying wine. And as they're in the store, um, Harper sees Abby walk by with Riley. So then she's like getting jealous or concerned or whatever. She also so calls these poor Jane to drop. Yes, because as she's looking out the window, she runs into Jane, who has the whole case of wine and makes her drop it and break all the bottles. Which which, which is really the tragedy of the entire yes. movie. Wasted wine. It's so so it's so hard to see. <laughs> um, so then that culminates to them getting to the party. They have like two seconds to kind of talk to each other, um, where Harper's almost interrogating her, like testing her trust, kind of being like, so where were you today? And she's like, oh, I was in town buying a, or I was buying a white elephant gift. Oh, were you in town? And she's like, oh yeah. And kind of like questioning her to see if she'll say if she was with Riley, kind of. And then the mom pulls Harper away. So they can't really finish the conversation. So then here comes the party. Everybody's showing up. And Harper's spending the whole time talking to, to Connor. And so then uh, Abby ends up spending a lot of the time talking to to Riley. And in seeing that, I I think it spurs the competitive nature in Harper. So now she's laughing a little too hard at Connor's jokes and touching his arm and doing way too much in the presence of Abby. And Abby is rightfully like hurt and upset. And I think she confesses to Riley that she was going to propose and that she's like, the, a day ago, I I, you know, never felt closer to anyone in my whole life and now she's here and i don't know who she is and, yeah. and then at the, and then at this point is this when dan levy is yes arriving so then well? john comes in and she's like what are you doing here and he's like you know i've been tracking you because you know we got we got uh, evidence that this is just what he does when he, he was tracking the man who was in his apartment. So he literally he, creepy, yes. but I'll let it slide. <laughs> yes, and particularly to keep tabs on his friend and make sure she's okay. So then the mom, uh, Mary Steenbergen, sees her, sees him, and is like, "What are you doing here? Are you the ex-boyfriend?" Because of course they made up this whole backstory that Abby has an ex-boyfriend yes. that she just broke up with. So he pretends, you know, he deepens his voice. Oh, yes, says, uh, I am. Um, Abby's heterosexual boyfriend, John, and I'm here to win her back, <laughs> um, which is great. So then he's there, he sees the boyfriend, and he sees, like, Harper doing a little too much, and he's like, "I'm, you know, I saw that you were in distress, I'm here to take you home, so pack your things. And he's like, are you ready? And so she kind of looks over, so she's kind of contemplating, because she's like, do I want to leave? And then she turns and she sees Harper kind of blatantly like flirting with Connor. And yeah. so then she, she walks up to her. She's like, you know, it's over. I'm leaving and walks away. So that uh, at this point, I'm going. Yes. Christy, yes. Come on. You've got yes. a backbone. Yes. So then she starts packing her things. Harper comes down, apologizes, you know, admits to her the whole story of her family that, you know, love was this thing that they had to earn and compete about and um, all of that. So she, she, you know, 
dumps all of her trauma and stress of her, of her family dynamic being the cause for her actions. And Kristen Stewart is, is sympathetic to that and says, she's like, you know, if I tell my family, I lose them. But if I don't tell them, I lose you and I don't want to lose you and gives her this whole speech. And so Abby's like, you know, come here. I understand you're not going to lose me. Um, and is hugging her. And then they kind of touch faces. And that's when Sloan comes down and catches them. And the competitive nature between the two of them kick in. And she's like, oh my gosh, here's my in to be the golden child again is if I run and tell her parents that Harper's gay. So now she's weaponizing this against her sister, which is just terrible. So then it's kind of this running now, instead of focusing on her relationship with Abby, now Harper is chasing Sloan around to convince her not to tell the parents. So as they're running around the house, trying to stop each other, you know, um, Harper trying to stop Sloan from telling the parents, they open a closet door and they see Sloan's husband making out with one of the donor ladies in the closet. Rather convenient. Yeah. So now it's a thing of who can tell the parents first. Your perfect marriage is a sham. You're gay. So now it becomes this. I'd like big to point out these these people are not children. Right? Either. But then they start tackling each other and wrestling each other. And it becomes this whole comedic like race to the parents where they're just causing a big scene. So then they run out and bring this physical fight in front of everybody at the white elephant party. They're physically fighting each other, yelling at each other not to tell this and that. Um, Poor Jane gets a painting that she yes, lovingly spent so, hours and hours and hours well, doing. Not, we're not quite there yet. So then Sloane, at, at the heat of this whole battle, yells out that Harper's gay and that Abby's her oh, girlfriend. Yes, right. yes. And then... Abby stood there. There's a silence. And then Harper says, she's lying. Sloan is yeah. lying. I'm not gay. At and which that... point, we're all looking at Christian Stewart. And, and her Kristen heart is Stewart completely broken. Distraught. Yes. Dan Levy's there in the background just going, oh, what have I stepped yes. into? Yeah. Yes. So then they ultimately leave. And I think that's where they do end up having the conversation about the ease of telling your parents this type of thing. Yes, um, that's right. Yes. And so then out of frustration with um, Sloan telling her secret, uh, Harper takes this painting of Main Street that Jane has been talking about and being so proud of as her white elephant gift was this really nice painting of Main Street. And everyone's talking about it like it's terrible. Like I think the the main donor lady won it, and she was like, "What's this?" Like looking at it like it's disgusting. But I'm like, it, "This is a nice painting. What is everything? It's a very it's a very nice painting because they don't like Jane for yes. some reason. So it's this beautiful painting of Main Street. And just out of being pissed at Sloan for outing her, uh, Harper takes Jane's nice painting and slams it over Sloan's head, ruining her painting. And so Jane gets upset. And, you know. Without that... second thought, I might admit, I might say as well. Like, Harper doesn't care that this is Jane's painting. This is just an object of which to exactly violence on so Sloan. jane is upset and then i think you know jane is ends up being kind of more upset that she's just not included in the fight because she wants to just she be is, part yes. of it too um and so then it all kind of comes out in that moment um harper finally admits the truth um i think uh sloan admits that her and her husband had been separated for a long time 
So that her husband making out was not any kind of news to her because they had been separating. They were just kind of putting on this facade for the family. Um, the kids were hiding behind the tree all the time and they do admit that they put the thing in, in Abby's bag. Um, and so then the parents realize what they've done, you know, and how they kind of made their daughters this way. So then it's a whole kind of realization that comes out in front of everybody at this party. Sometimes it's necessary to just have shouty shouty. Yeah, and get things out. Get things out. That's and get how things, things actually are resolved. Yes, and because this is you know what I've been telling Kristen Stewart to do for the entire movie. Yes. So, Rather so than then what she actually does, which is never shouty shout and just kind of runs away instead. Yes. So she's at the gas station with with uh, John, getting some snacks before they head back, and then here comes harper to apologize and she's told her parents and i love you and please take me back and la di da 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 and sure enough yeah. abby takes her back they're together christmas morning with the family the family understands victor garber even gets a call from the donor asking you know hey you know that was weird but we'll still back your campaign as long as you have this don't ask don't tell thing with your daughter like just not don't acknowledge it and he's like he's learned that you know this is what has caused the issues with my daughters i'm not going to deny who she is so then he he says no i'm sorry i can't do that so he gives up his campaign for his daughter and so that that's like a nice growth moment for the parents um everything seems great uh they're doing the family picture which the mom has been trying to do the whole movie like trying to get this family picture they ask John to take the picture. Abby's off to the side. And then she calls Abby into the family picture. So just to set up that, you know, the openness of everything and they're all back on track and it's great. We cut to a year later. We had heard Jane talking about this kind of mythical fantasy story that she'd been writing for like five years or something yeah, uh, with these weird kind of creatures and this and that. And everyone kind of being dismissive of it. Um, come to a year later her book is super popular and she's she's doing a reading of her book and i think whatever dan levy's job is he's like a you know probably like a he's like an an author agent or something something like that because he's there with her at her book signing everyone's celebrating her book um and they go to the theater to watch it's a wonderful life and everything's great we see the the ring on harper's finger so yes we do it look it's it's nice. It, it's nice that it ends like that. But I'm still thinking, should it end like that? Yeah. Because is it not too nice, given how really not good of a person Harper has been? Because, as we've said, even if she has her own personal reasons for not coming out to her parents, which she clearly does have, you at least... Be honest with your partner, right? And she isn't. Isn't, yeah. Hardly ever honest. To deny her her... several times publicly. um... It's, it's It's not right. And, you know, I, I, I applaud the confidence that Abby has in Harper. Yeah. Because I don't think I'd have that. 
means more. Yes, the amount of patience you know? that Abby has with this and, and what she puts up with and the, what she's willing to forgive, like that's some real love right there, which I guess, you know, speaks to what the movie wants to inherently depict. But it was just yeah, really difficult it, it to see Abby go through this for Harper to not really um, take her that long and that many wrong treatments and incidences to to realize that um you know I, I don't think harper really deserved the the complete happy ending you know that she got um mm. like i i i would have liked to see her resolve things with her parents and that happen and then abby to run off with riley I, I do. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I really, really, really can't disagree. Yeah. Uh, and they can then bond over there. Harper ends up alone, but happy with her family. And Abby ends yeah. up with someone who wouldn't really lie to her like that. No, they, <laughs> or... they can bond over their mutual understanding of actually communicating yeah. properly. Which is yeah. really, I think, what, what the movie's ultimate message is, is that it is whatever it doesn't matter but be open yeah. which is ultimately this movie's message actual actual communication actual openness and for god's sake love your family whoever they are yeah. at the end of the day you, you know unless they're unless they're obviously horrible i'm talking about like who they are in terms of what kind of person they are and whether they're gay or not. I'm not yeah. talking like if they're a mass murderer, you know, don't love them then. That's fine. You don't have to do that. Yeah. If they're, if they're an actual horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, it, it, it is, it's an annoying movie, a good movie, a movie that I think yes. does what it sets out to do really well really well and really does make you sit and think just about exactly i think exactly what it wants to say and exactly yeah. who it wants to be sympathetic yes. towards and and because really at times like i said harper could be sympathetic she just constantly does everything wrong and then and book and, and christian stewart very much comes across like flawless in the movie really yes she does um but yes i mean and just in general being a movie that highlights a demographic um in, in a mainstream way all while something like crazy rich asians which i think is something that yeah. always needs to be highlighted and celebrated so um a great cast um uh the comedy in it was really fun um a, a well-made good holiday film but yeah just mainstream holiday to... film i know it's yeah. a streaming it was a streaming like movie, a hulu original it? yeah hulu. yeah mm -hmm. um but a main a mainstream yeah. holiday movie um and a, a unique one of its kind i'm very glad you chose to add it to this series of morgan yeah. hasn't seen janine but now morgan hasn't seen isn't the only show we have on this podcast feed we do have the it's a wonderful podcast. well we do have it's a wonderful podcast itself on the <laughs> it's a wonderful podcast feed of course as well where we celebrate old movies holiday season is taking over some um, deception on going on on friday's episode 
as well. Well, yes, yeah, so deception everywhere, really, isn't there? You can't get away from it. You really can't get away from it. Um, but what was I going to say? I've forgotten what I was going to say now. It's a wonderful podcast. <laughs> we, you can find it on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe wherever you do listen. Uh, leave your rates, reviews, answer those little questions on Spotify and things like that. Um, and do check out the uh, the main show episodes, the old movie episodes, during holiday season as well. Um, the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. You can also subscribe and ding your notification bells on. You can support us on Patreon or donate in any way if uh, you would you would like to. There are links in the description to do that or go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. You can also find us on social media at it's a wonderful one on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the purple dawn with a three instead of the E and the because Jenny. Three is the magic number. On uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads at the Purple Don, all your happiest stuff is where. <laughs> Which this title? What does this title even equate? I don't to? know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's not. Um, it, it is it like sarcastic? Called... Is it like a sarcastic thing of oh, happiest season? <laughs> it, it must be. It should be called misery christmas yes well all of my genuinely happiest things are at janine devine underscore on twitter janine devine on instagram tiktok and threads uh, if you want to get a new merch for any of our shows just check the description for the link or search it's a wonderful podcast on teespring.com and if you want to purchase any of my art and print from you can find that at my big cartel shop g9design.bigcartel.com Forgive my brain on today's episode. I'm a little bit tired. Janine, count us okay. down. An impression. I mean, it's going to have to be a Kristen Stewart oh impression, right? Will, will people even be able to hear no. it? It'll be that quiet. Because her impression of her is is based on a lot of physicality of like nervous lip biting and well, that's like true actually and like shoulder leaning and yeah like shy kind of curling up of your body. <laughs> well, pe people will be able to grasp it just from the voice. Okay. Oh. Uh, three, uh, two, uh, 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 one. <laughs> so accurate. It's great. Bye. Bye.